Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of God. This is really one of my favorite psalms, and because it's just so packed with joy and thanksgiving and five short verses, Um, but it's a great text to kind of start our summer off with. And uh, this summer, uh, we're going to be focused on uh, what we're calling off-road disciplines. And the whole idea behind uh, this series that uh, Pastor Greg and I and uh, Morgan Rumpler is going to preach one of the messages, we've got a couple other guests, um, is that these are disciplines or practices that you can enter into wherever you are, not just here on Sunday mornings. Okay, uh, so when we're talking about celebration, as we're going to talk about today, there's going to be things you're out there celebrating this summer. You're going to connect with family in other places. And we just want you to think about the discipline of celebration and how you can exercise that wherever you are. Uh, Pastor Greg's going to preach on centering prayer next week. A great discipline to, to stay focused and start your day with. Uh, we'll have others that focus on how we can enter into God's word in significant ways. Uh, other spiritual practices that we can enter into on the road or off-road, uh, so to speak, wherever you are, so you can be paying attention to the Lord and what he's doing in your life, not just here on Sunday morning, uh, but wherever you are. So I hope this series this summer is helpful for you. We decided to start it with uh, the theme of celebration. Why? Because we've had a lot to celebrate in the life of our church recently. I think about our grad banquet that we had uh, recently, just a wonderful celebration uh, of those students who are graduating and what God is doing in their life. There's Kaylee's picture. Uh, Kaylee's going to share here in a little bit. Tim spoke that night. It was just a wonderful time to celebrate what God was doing through those graduates. Our Christian women in stitches gave quilts to each of those graduates to celebrate them. It was just an awesome night of celebration. Uh, We also got to celebrate uh, Pastor Greg's ordination and installation service uh, here in May. And just a wonderful celebration. Morgan was one of the speakers. And uh, just awesome to have uh, people throughout Greg's life, you know, here to celebrate his call to Sierra Press. And as a pastor here in our midst. And and really just an awesome time of uh, celebration, life of our church. And, you know, last Sunday, we even turned what is typically a really boring church like business meeting into a party. We had a Hawaiian theme last week and we everybody got like lays and we had a fun barbecue and we honored those people who had served as elders and deacons here and those who are going to serve. We celebrated God's faithfulness to us as a church uh, and just took time to honor and praise God for the many things he was doing. And you know, celebration is so important because there's really significant things we experience in life, and yet if we don't celebrate them, if we don't, you know, kind of spend time acknowledging them, we miss out often on their importance. 
C.S. Lewis once said that I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. In other words, like think about a graduation where, you know, a student graduates, accomplishes that great, you know, educational goal, and they walk up onto the podium and nobody's there. Nobody cheers. Nobody claps. I mean, Josh just completed nine years at Union Hill, just graduated eighth grade. What if he walked across the podium, podium in dead silence? He would probably have the sense of, oh, it wasn't that great. I didn't really accomplish anything. Nobody showed up. Nobody clapped. Nobody yelled. But no, there were people there celebrating all those students. And as soon as his name was read, people clapped. And dad, like, <laughs> you know, hooped and hollered because I'm like, we made it. <laughs> you know, and, and so those things, when we, when we affirm and, and really when we praise God for those things, it completes the enjoyment, right? It, it's part of it. And especially when we guide and direct that praise to God. Because he's the one that gave us all the gifts that enabled us to accomplish that task. Okay? And, and, and he's the, the source of those good gifts that we affirm. Uh, I have often said this, so forgive me, but it is graduation week. Uh, Joshua, when he was born, was 29 weeks, and he was a three-pound, three-ounce titan of terror. I mean, he was tiny. And, and, and so you watch him graduate, and my mom was the one that just was in tears. And she's like, I remember how tiny he was. I remember we weren't sure, like, this kid's going to make it, you know, breathing and exercising these young lungs. And look at him now. He's got a mustache. He's not here today, so I get to, you know. <laughs> you know so, but that's part of it. It's, it's like looking at the whole picture of what God has done and then praising him for it because he deserves it. And, and as Lewis says, that's part of the enjoyment of it all. Uh, we talk about in the Westminster Catechism, a chief end of man, men and women is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If we're not glorifying him, we're missing out on the good gifts of life. If we're not enjoying him, why bother? But we're meant to enjoy God and celebrate him. Richard Foster has a lot to say about this uh, discipline of celebration. I like that he says, uh, celebration is at the heart of the way of Christ. Celebration brings joy to life. It makes us strong. Scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength in Nehemiah 8.10. And really, we cannot continue long without it. If we want to experience uh, what Eugene Peterson calls a long obedience in the same direction, we need to take time to celebrate our milestones and accomplishments along the way. Uh, Foster says, Celebration is essential to all the spiritual disciplines. Without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines become dull, breath uh, sorry, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. Dull, death-breathing tools. In other words, if we think about spiritual disciplines as just duties, requirements that we have to fulfill, it gets boring, and we give up. But when we think about how we have to celebrate and that each exercise of a spiritual discipline is a moment, an expression of celebration, that can change our attitude in our hearts. 
And far in the way, uh, you know, the most important benefit of celebration is that it saves us from taking ourselves too seriously. And I don't think I'm the only one out there that tends to take myself too seriously. But I'm really good at it sometimes. And what happens with celebration is essentially what we're doing is taking ourselves off the throne and we're putting God there. We're celebrating the fact that it's not you or me or any one of us that ultimately accomplished that goal, but really God that accomplished it through us and in us. And he often provided a lot of partnership along the way in order to accomplish that goal. But what that does is lead to joy. And joy is, you know, the second fruit of the Spirit And without joyous celebration to infuse the other spiritual disciplines, we'll sooner or later abandon them. We'll give up on them because they're boring or they're not life-giving. But when we exercise joy and celebration, again, it makes us strong. It leads us out of our weariness and our straining after God and enables us to relax and enjoy the good things of God. Celebration can be an effective antidote to the periodic sadness uh, that can be, uh, that can strict or can open this, uh, you know, can, can sort of, um, you know, constrict or oppress our hearts. I, I was thinking about somebody in the first service who just had to, to, to put their dog down this last week. And I thought, oh man, I bet this was a really hard message for them to hear. And she came up to me and she said, thank you for that message. And I said, why? I was, I was thinking it might be hard for you after the week you've been through. She said, no, I needed to hear that because I have things to celebrate. I can celebrate that I had this pet for as long as I had and all the companionship I had through them. And yeah, I'm sad. I'm going to miss my pet, but I don't want to miss out on the joy of the good gift that that pet was and is to me. And she had the right frame of mind when it comes to celebration. Celebration can free us up again rather than allow you know, hearts to become constricted and can lift our eyes up to the majesty of God. And that's what Psalm 100 does. It helps us to name God as the giver of every good and perfect gift and it gives us language and voice to uh, express ourselves to him. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I need help in expressing myself. I mean, I'm a guy. I mean, come on. You know, I have a hard time expressing myself sometimes. But what Psalm 100 and other Psalms do for me is it gets me started. It gives me language. And after I pray this prayer, you know, shout to the Lord. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. Then I can keep on going. I can continue to communicate with God. But sometimes I don't know where to start. And what Psalm 100 does is it gives us both what would be called descriptive praise and declarative praise. And what I mean by that is it describes who God is, as we're going to talk about, his character and personhood. And there's a lot to celebrate there. But it also is declarative praise in terms of it declares what God has done and accomplished in my life, in your life. So we have reason to celebrate God and give him praise both for who he is and for what he's done in our experience of him. Psalm 100 has this wonderful way of just leading us into the presence of God. It's, it's an entrance psalm. It's an invitation psalm. It's about walking into, uh, entering the gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise. And I don't know how you walk into worship. I see you. Some of you walk in sometimes and you're joyful, you're excited to be here. And if you're anything like me, there are other weeks where you walk in and you're kind of, you know, your head's down and, You're here in body, but you may not be here yet 
in spirit. You may not yet know why you're here. You may not yet have given God praise and what he deserves often in spite of your present circumstances. And when we come into worship and we hear Bo or Peter or Tim or anyone else, you know, lead us in praise, it start, it's what lifts us up. It gets our eyes off of ourselves, which we're so often focused on, and it gets our eyes and our attentiveness on God, who deserves it. And when we start to realize, too, is there are good things that we have to celebrate, and we want to be a part of a community of celebration. In other words, uh, like this last week, as I was, uh, yesterday I got to visit, go to a number of graduation parties, and I met a bunch of relatives of, of people that I know well, and I met a bunch of relatives that I don't know well, that had come into town just for the graduation, right? But the reason those people were there was those parents knew that they needed to invite other people in to celebrate. So in other words, if it was just Beth and I and Levi celebrating Josh's graduation, yeah, you know, it's good. We could celebrate. But no, we wanted grandma and grandpa there. We wanted brothers there. We wanted family. We wanted friends. Those, you know, and we wanted to extend an invitation of celebration. And what I love about the Psalms is there's this awareness that there are times that we have good news to share and we need to recruit other people to share in it. It's kind of like Cinnamon's invitation for Adventure Week. Adventure Week is too good of an opportunity not to share because you get to be with kids and they stir our joy and enthusiasm. They lead us into a place of celebration just by being kids and to get us out of our grown-upness and grumpiness and into a place of celebration Enjoy, And we need to kind of recruit other people to do that. I love the way the parable of the prodigal son uh, reflects this. Uh, the younger son returns, you know, from the far off country. And the father doesn't say, hey, son, let's just you and I stop and celebrate your back. He says, no. He tells all the servants, get the, go kill a fattened calf. Go get the, the robe and put it around him. Go get the ring. My son was dead and is alive again, and we need to throw a party. Jesus' father there in that parable knows that he needs to draw other people in to appropriately celebrate his son's return. And that's what being a church community is all about. It's basically saying, hey, I need other people to celebrate this experience with me. And in those rough times, I need other people to grieve with me. I need people to know that I'm hurting. And the good news is that we can draw near to God and, 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 and praise him and thank him and worship him for who he is. And it's meant to draw us out. And, and there are four things here in the first part of celebrating, you know, as we worship the Lord. The four, first is a shout for joy. The second is do it with gladness. The third is know that the Lord is good and is God. And, and, the, and the fourth one is just coming in the first place. And so the first one, just that it says a shout for joy. Those Presbyterians, I mean, and we're all in a Presbyterian church today. But hear this, shout for joy, and you're like, oh, no, we can't do that. No, no, no. Unless, like, I could raise my hand a little bit. I could say, thank you, God. no. I mean, when Josh walked across the podium on Thursday night and said, Joshua Richard Griffin, it wasn't just like the golf clap. It was, yeah! It was like, ooh! 
because it deserved a shout of joy. And usual, you know, Mike's like this. It's like, no, this is worthy of, of a shout. This is worthy of giving God the praise and honor he deserves. Shout for joy, he says, and worship the Lord. And the word worship there, uh, we need to remember, it has the connotation of service. So it's not just about singing a song. It's about offering ourselves to God. And the translation here, when it says, enter the gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, that means you're also going to go back out and serve and sing your, your song, so to speak, with the way you love and care and serve people. And, 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 and you're present with them. In the midst of a busy weekend, I was with one of our dear members, Vicki, in, the, in the, the hospital over at Sierra Nevada. And, and I thought about Vicki and who she is and her love and care for many of us, the way she prays for us. And, and, I, and I didn't want her to be alone in that moment. I wanted her to know that somebody you know, was with her and, and, and serving by just showing up and encouraging and affirming. And, you know, it's been said nine-tenths of life is showing up. But you think about that for graduations, being present for people and celebrating it. You think about worship and the fact that we can come to worship. And next week, we don't even have to worry about mass anymore. State says you don't have to wear one. You know, locals saying you don't have to wear one. They're optional as of next week, officially. But this whole idea that we can come to worship, that we can show up and participate and realize and remember that it is not just about us. When we see one another, we're encouraged, you know, by one another. And especially through COVID and post-COVID and coming out of COVID, uh, you know, when I see somebody that hasn't been here for a while or I know has had COVID and recovered or just been through a difficult time through this season, like, you know how much I'm encouraged by that? And it strengthens my voice of praise to God and worship because I know what you've been through. I know what God has seen you through. And, and so showing up here isn't just about us. We come to worship and we accept that invitation because it also encourages other people around us. And the fourth imperative is to know, to know that the Lord is God. We celebrate and we worship the Lord so that our knowledge of God that could just be in our heads translates into our hearts. You know, we're really good about um, talking about God. And I love to talk about God and who he is. I had an awesome discussion with two friends the other day about, you know, deep like matters, predestination, like sovereignty of God. And we were talking about for an hour and a half, you know, these, these, these rich concepts of who God is. But our, our depth, our, our need in worship and celebration is to know God. In other words, not just talk about him, not just know things about him, but actually know God. I had a Korean friend in seminary who used to say, Michael. And he always called me Michael. Nobody does. <laughs> Michael, do not let seminary become cemetery. In other words, don't let your growing knowledge of God through book learning actually be like spiritual death. Have your growing knowledge of God actually change your heart and allow it to transform you. So we're not just learning stuff, not just learning facts. We're actually being shaped and molded by the living God who is with us here and now in the sanctuary. 
And when we get a hold of that reality, then we can worship the Lord with joy. And we can want to praise God and say, you know, this is about all the earth. I want the whole earth to give God glory. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I went for a run in Empire Mind. And um, I have to be honest, there are several people I encountered on the trails who um, were coming off of drug use, you know, clearly the night before. And I'm just, I'm looking up and I'm seeing just the beauty of God's creation. I'm thinking about God's presence in my life and I'm seeing people that just, you know, were bowed down and, and I think consumed, you know, by that drug use. And, and, I, and, and I wasn't going to do it, but I almost wanted to kind of shake them and say, there, there's more to life. Look up. There's this beautiful creator God and all of creation is intended to give him praise and honor. And, and I want you to know that God and, and, and the whole idea here with the psalm is that we're thanking God, but we're also drawing other people into that thanksgiving and praise because we know that God is worthy and deserves more than just our praise and affirmation. Every, create, every creature, you know, God wants every creature to give him praise. And one day they will in some way. And when we get into that celebration of who God is, it draws us out of ourselves but then we start to be reminded of our own identity, that our celebration includes the fact that we are his, that we're his people and the sheep of his pasture. There's a lot here about our identity being in Christ and the fact that we can be encouraged by the fact that God is with us through thick and thin. And I just think about this. I mean, when, when, trouble, when we face troubles of different kinds, remember, you are his. We are his. Sickness may come. We are his. We may lose a job. We are his. Death may come into our immediate family. We are still his, and we always will be his. God the Father in in Hebrews 13.5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Likewise, Jesus in Matthew 28.20 says, Surely I am with you always. And the Apostle Paul said that he was convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we celebrate God, we are reminded that we are not our own, that we're his, and that we reflect the image of God, and we start to remember what we've forgotten, that we are part of God's good creation Then when he created Adam and Eve, he said, this is very good. And when he created you, I believe he stood back and said, this is very good. And we forget that, don't we? And we need to have that reality awakened within us to affirm that we are God's own, that we are sheep of his pasture, and sheep are dependent creatures, that, 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 are, that have a need for God, for need for provision. And in this case, when we think about God as our good shepherd, we need him to show up and provide for us, to sustain us and strengthen us. We are dependent creatures and we start forgetting that and we start just celebrating ourselves. Start to fall short. And we think it's about us. And anytime I've started to think it's somehow about me, that's usually when God reminds me very quickly, not about you, Mike. I can do this without you, and, and I'm the one that's given you those gifts to do anything of good for me. And we need to remember that identity in him. So to celebrate 
and celebrate who we are, but also celebrate who God is. And I love that it affirms the Lord God. It is he who made us. He is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Uh, That basic reminder that God made you. He made you. Psalm 95, 6 says it this way. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, before he is our God and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, the flock under his care. When we know God has created us, we realize that we are not junk, that we were made in the image of the living God. That can shape our view or how we relate to other people. I don't have to try to find my identity in whether somebody receives me or not. I know that I have worth and value and that God created me and he loves me and he cares about me and he is utterly committed to me. And that enables me then to go into other relationships in healthy ways. And when we celebrate that God is good, that central affirmation of his goodness, then when anything comes into, we, we experience something that might call that into question, we can come back and say, no, God is good and his love endures. He loves me and he cares about me no matter what I am facing at any one time. And there are certainly ways that God shows up and reveals his goodness in particular ways. But starting each day by celebrating the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, then leads us and helps us to navigate all those different experiences. When I am reminded that I am loved by God and that his love is faithful and enduring, then I can face whatever I've got going in any, good, any given day. Think about it. Has God been good to you in the past? Then you can celebrate that he'll be good to you today Amen. in the future. Amen. Thank you, David. If he's been loving to you, can you go into today and the rest of your day and this week saying, I am loved by God and I can walk through this? Has he seen you through difficult times before? And as a result of him seeing you through those difficulties, can you trust and know that he will lead you through your present difficulties? Because he doesn't change. And it's crazy how much the world is changing. Uh, Not only the world is changing, but even change is changing. And what I mean by that is, like, we used to have, like, continuous change. Like, a change we have today would be based on a change we experienced before. And those changes would would make sense. It'd be lined up with one another. But now we have what would be called discontinuous change. Like, nobody saw COVID-19 coming, right? So we have this change that wasn't based on earlier changes. And that's why we feel so uprooted by it. But the good news is when we experience discontinuous change, change that we did not see coming and wasn't based on previous changes, we can celebrate and know that God is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. He's faithful and he's true and we can rest in him and hold true in him. So in a moment, I'm going to invite uh, Kaylee McLaughlin to come up and just share how celebration has been part of her journey, particularly recently as a high school graduate. But I want to leave you with a couple of practical ideas. One way to practice celebration, first of all, is through singing, dancing, and shouting. Because of the goodness of God, our hearts can literally pour out in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And let me start by saying, Mike's dancing is ugly. And I cannot sing worth a lick. But I do it anyway. 
And the Griffins sometimes will just crank up some music and just start dancing and just, you know, get out of our headspace and whatever has us, you know, sort of worn down, tired. And we will lift up a song, we'll pray, play a song, and it'll just change us and our hearts and our mentality at that moment. Levi was leading family worship time on Monday, and when I knew that Levi was on the list, that he was the one that was going to lead family worship, I knew without a shadow of doubt that our praise song for that evening would be Pharaoh, Pharaoh. I mean, it was going to be Pharaoh, Pharaoh, because Levi wants to do the this and the that and, you know, get into the hand motions. And, hey, everybody get up out of your seats. We're dancing. We're doing this thing. And it's like, oh, come on. But Levi shook us up and got us out of ourselves. And back into a place of celebration as a result. When was the last time you sang with all your might? When was the last time you danced like nothing else mattered? When was the last time you shouted because there was something worth shouting about? Secondly, laughing is another way we practice celebration. There are some of you that just make me laugh because you're funny. And, uh, and also I want to turn this back and just say a lot of this too is being able to laugh at yourself. And this is a growing discipline for me. Again, not taking myself too seriously and being able to poke fun at myself and my weaknesses and limitations and, and just dumb stuff. I'll let you in on last night, Little League, end of the year. Mike locks his keys in his car. And Dan Robeson spent like an hour trying to get me back into my car. And at some point, I'm just like, yep, this is me. I do dumb stuff. I'm not always bright allow my, you know, run out of gas, whatever it might be. I mean, there's stuff that Mike does, and it's just like, I shake my head at myself. But when was the last time you sort of shook your head at yourself and had a smile on your face? Because God loves you all the same, even in the midst of your foibles and failings. A third way is to encourage celebration is to just accent the creative gifts of fantasy and imagination. We have the sense now that like fantasy, imagination is just bad. When instead, God is amazingly imaginative and creative and, and, uh, you know, and gives us the gift of creativity and, and, and fantasy. And we can use that for good purposes. Paint something. Not being worried about how it's going to turn out. Write a poem or Start journaling and not worrying about, you know, correcting your words. Just allow the imagination to be stirred and to be used for God's goodness and glory. Another thing we can do is to make family events in the times of celebration and thanksgiving. Sometimes family events can just be like, you know, we're showing up, we're going through the motions, showing up because, you know, we have to or we kind of feel obligated to instead of showing up joyfully in thanksgiving and in praise. And don't forget uh, the small things of life that really are big things. Completion of a major project. One of my friends just, just built a house. I mean, goodness sakes, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Securing a job, receiving a raise, any good gift. Think about the fact that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. The only reason you're able to do that is because he gave you the gifts you needed to accomplish that task. And lastly, take advantage of the festivals of our culture and really celebrate. I mean, I think we got a handle on Christmas. But what about Easter? I mean, he rose from the dead. I mean, come on. Do we have joy over Christ's resurrection? Do we celebrate regularly just the, the rhythms of life and of worship? You know, we all need times of joy and thanksgiving because otherwise we start to become dutiful, 
We start to become bared down by just the, the responsibilities of life instead of remembering that we have tons to celebrate. And that when we start celebrating and give God, giving God praise, it spills over into more. And what I mean by that is when I think through things to celebrate and give God thanks for at the start of the day, then I start looking for things. Evidences of grace. Evidences of things that I have to celebrate. And I try to pause at the end of each day and just celebrate back through the day and the good things that I experienced in any given day. And guess what? That encourages me to wake up with a joyful attitude, looking for things to celebrate and give God thanks for the next day. One of my friends who's had a lot to celebrate lately is Kaylee McLaughlin. And uh, Kaylee's going to come up and share a little bit with us what celebration has looked like for her recently. And so uh, let's invite Kaylee up to share with us. Okay, um, so as he said, um, my name is Kaylee McLaughlin, and I just recently graduated from Nevada Union High School. Um, and I'm here to express my gratitude. So, uh, Throughout the duration of my attendance at Sierra Press, I have always felt and continue to feel the abundance of love and encouragement from the congregation. I am honored and exhilarated to be able to express my gratitude today. Getting to see the high schoolers before me experience the feeling of completing such a huge accomplishment is something I've been so eagerly looking forward to. And I'm here. It's finished. <laughs> um, uh, and I've ha- I have about 60 days until I start a brand new chapter in my life. Uh, for those that don't know, I committed um, to a Division II school in Ohio called Cedarville University. Um, where I will continue my uh, academic career and play some volleyball, too. Um, The community and how welcoming um, Cedarville has been was one thing that I loved about it most, similarly to how this church has been so inviting and how just the amount of memories that I've made here. Um, I will never forget the continuous laughs and smiles shared with each of you, Um, the love and support I received when I went and committed to Cedarville and just the Lord, how much the Lord has blessed me throughout my life. Um, This church has been so accepting and made me feel the most comfortable. It's where I've met the most beautiful people with the kindest hearts and some friends I hope to never lose touch with. It has also aided me in my walk with the Lord. Hume Lake was one of the most spiritually impacting trips I have ever taken. I seriously felt the Lord's presence with me and made some amazing relationships along the way. Um, Attending, I also attended uh, CSM trips to San Francisco, and those were um, equally impactful. I was able to come out of my comfort zone and learn more about my identity in Christ and my everlasting desire to chase after the Lord. I am the powerful, caring, beautiful woman in Christ, not only because of how he has shaped me, but how all of you have as well. I couldn't have achieved anything that I have without the help of each of you. I'm so beyond grateful to have gotten to know Sierra Press as a whole and the community within it. Thank you, each and every one of you, for everything. I love you, and I'm excited to see where the Lord takes me for the rest of my life. I pray for the next generation that comes through, that they experience the same beautiful things I have, continue to create relationships and memories that last a lifetime, and more. Thank you. 